and I've heard this from several children in my practice, nobody has any idea what it feels like to be me. Mm. And that breaks my heart when I hear that, because that means that even my parents don't get what this does to me. Yeah. And when one parent can say, I think I get it. I think I understand it. It might be hard when you're at your mom's or dad's and you want to call me, but you hesitate because you don't want to upset the parent you're with. I just want you to know, I don't blame you for that feeling because it's real. Yes. That is the best bond you can ever have because then they're walking away from that going, okay, at least one of my parents gets it. (laughs) And that will be like gold to them. Yeah. Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise. (laughs) It's okay, we understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, as a professional therapist, I never thought I would do therapy with my clients online until COVID. And then we were all forced to do something online. And now I realize that it's actually pretty good for my clients and and I'm enjoying it as well. Because I feel without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. And the good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Co-Parent Dilemmas. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dilemma. That's betterhelp.com slash dilemma, spelled D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to the impossible co-parents. I am Diane Dirks. I am still Rick Foyles. 
Good. You haven't, you haven't changed your name. Nope. The the holidays haven't changed me at all. You're not in the witness protection program or anything like that. Not this year. Okay, good. Yeah. We're coming upon the Christmas holidays and I am hoping maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll record an episode about that. Because I think that would be important to talk about how you deal with being in the Christmas spirit, the Hanukkah spirit, or the holiday spirit, and not having your children. So, right. so stay tuned for that. But I'm in the middle of buying Christmas presents and trying to get in that spirit. How about you? You know what? I was scared. They managed to scare me with this supply line blockage. You know, get your stuff because it may mm-hmm. not be on time. I'm done. Oh, wow. Yeah. For we, you. I know. In fact, I'm going to forget who all this stuff goes to <laughs> if I don't make a list. <laughs> I know. So again, this is an email, which I want to remind everybody, call 1234-DILEMMA. We want to hear your voice. But we like emails too. So email us at 1234-DILEMMA at gmail.com. You know what? I, we keep telling people to call and tell us their troubles. Call and, and tell us something nice too <laughs> for the yes, holiday. let that be our Christmas present, right? Yes, please. <laughs> well, you know, more importantly, or what would be helpful to us, call us and tell us any advice that you took that we gave that actually worked. Then we know we're on the right track, right? I like to hear that something we said made a difference in somebody's life. Yeah. And even if it isn't a concrete example, something that you heard that maybe made you feel better about yourself or gave you a different perspective on something that, yeah. Right. So this week, Mark in Georgia, I don't know where in Georgia, but he's a Georgia boy like you and I are, Rick. He starts out with a question that I hear a lot from fathers. When are you guys going to talk about moms who won't let the kids see their dad? (laughs) And Uh and that's a common concern. Although I do want to say there are plenty of moms out there who have dads who won't let them see the kids. That's true. That's true. But I think to be fair, years ago, I want to say, let's talk about the 1950s, 60s. Divorce wasn't really a thing. Not because everybody was so in love. Mm-mm. Divorce wasn't a thing, mainly because women weren't working. Yeah, like they are now. Right, they didn't have the ability to be self-sufficient until 1973. A woman could not get credit on her own. Mm-hmm. The only way she could buy a car if she was single is to have her father, her brother, somebody co-sign for yes. her because she was a woman. That all changed with the laws about credit. And so a lot of people, younger people might not know that. No. So then women began to be more in the workplace. They could live on their own. They could be self-sufficient. So they began to make different decisions about whether they were going to stay in a marriage that wasn't working for them. And I'm not saying that's the only reason divorce became more prevalent. We also know no-fault divorce took over in our country in the 70s. It used to be you had to prove a case in order to get a divorce. You had to prove to the judge that your marriage was worthy of a divorce, which meant you had to really bring a lot of accusations Mm, to the table. Horrible accusations. Which I'm sure caused, there's many, many stories out there about how women were put in mental institutions or men were accused of being alcoholics and they weren't just because of 
you had to prove something was wrong in order to get a divorce. So I think the combination of that coupled with the women's movement created more divorces. And at that time, though, women were still the primary caretakers. Yes. Right. Right. Even though more women were in the workplace, primarily, I know my mom stayed at home most of my childhood and probably yours did too. So the reason the every other weekend got started in our society was because it made practical sense. Right. Mom was mom's home during the week. And the and dad was dad working. Dad worked and right. maybe he worked till Wasn't six available. at night and yep. it made practical sense for the children to stay with mom because she was there. Then we get into 20 years later, the 90s and even the early 2000s, then that really wasn't as much of a thing. Mm-mm. So rightly so, the fathers rights movement began that said, wait a minute, we're both working now. We're both working eight to five or whatever. Why does she get primary custody when we're both working? And so that's what really kind of began the whole movement towards equal custody or 50-50 or more shared custody or longer weekends for the non-custodial. So all of that has been good. I think a good progression of following the culture. Yes. But there are still some old school judges out there Mm -hmm. that still believe, because they're our age, Rick. (laughs) Right. And they believe the kids do better with mom. And there is some research that says small, very small children, infant through three, maybe. It's very important that they have stability and consistency. You don't want them moving back and forth between two homes every other day. That seems to fulfill the needs of the parents more than the needs of the child. Right. So we know that in toddlerhood, it depends on the situation. If if dad was more the caretaker or has a strong bond with the baby, then that's one thing. But if dad doesn't, then maybe it makes more sense that the baby stays with the person who carried the baby for nine months before birth. So there's still those things exist, but there's a perception by a lot of fathers that if I go to court, I'm just not going to get custody. Even right. If I court think, favors even if, the mom. Yeah. Yep. Even if I think that, if, even if I know that mom has a drug issue or right. mom isn't warm with the child or mom is somewhat abusive emotionally or physically, they still believe that and they get angry about it. And so, yeah, mom, know, moms uh, tend to get the benefit of the doubt more yeah. easily than dads. And I know, Rick, you've encountered many men that have a lot of anger about this issue. Yes, I have. I have a lot of men that are angry about that. Some of it's stereotype, but a lot of it's true. There are, like you say, judges that keep that stereotype going. Sure. So let's get back to Mark's question. When are you guys going to start talking about moms who want the kids to see their dad? I wanted to preface the rest of his email with us talking a little bit about men in the courts and how they're viewed. And it's just been an evolution over the last 50 or so years of how that's come about. And it has nothing to do with the court just hates men. It's been a process and an evolution. I do think more and more the courts are recognizing that both parents are important. And in fact, what the research tells us is that kids do best when they have consistent and predictable time with both parents. It doesn't say how much time. No. Just that the kids know both of my parents are going to be in my life. Yes. And I don't have to wonder when or how. 
And you, if uh, yeah. it, and Bella in the episode of uh, Kid with Two Homes made that incredibly and very concretely clear. Yes. 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 So the rest of his email says this, I was never married to my kid's mom, but we lived together for several years. She just up and left with my two boys a year ago and Ooh. refuses mm. to tell me where they are and when I can see them. I filed a court motion so I can establish paternity and a parenting schedule with them, but things are slow with the court. How do I get her to see the importance of my kids knowing their dad? Let me ask a question. He doesn't tell us how old the kids are. No, they're, they're just two boys. Okay. Yes. And, and how long they were together. So that, no, that doesn't give us a clue. It says several years, but the key is I, what strikes me is he's filed a motion with the court, which is what he should have done. Good. Yes. So he can establish his paternity and Absolutely. Get, get a visitation plan in place. So my first thinking that thought is that really is key because mm-hmm. until that happens, she really can do whatever she wants. He has no, no rights yet. Yeah, right. yes. He has no power. So you want to get the power of the court behind you in that case. And then Hopefully the court will issue even a temporary order for her to come back to the town or I don't know. He says nothing about why she left or where she is or any of that, but hopefully the court will get more involved and establish at least a temporary schedule for him until they are able to hear. There may be good reasons why she left. We don't know anything about Mark either. Right. Right. So the, the court will have to establish what happened. So that's an easy answer. Yes. Part of his problem that he's already set in motion. He's he's addressing it. Yes. And I'm, I'm a big fan of temporaries. If you can get them as fast as possible and judges like temporary orders, it's like a a trial run. Yeah. It gives them an idea of what's going to work, what doesn't work. We've tried some things and you don't go in on a blank slate. You've got some data. So his, do I hold on or let it go would be, do I let it go and just hope the court does the right thing, or do I hold on? And his last sentence says, how do I get her to see the importance of my kids knowing their dad? Something tells me he's probably already sent her letters and emails and texts about the importance of his role and why she's being a terrible co-parent. Right. How do you answer that question? Rick, well, it, it, it's, it's a question about what you can control and what you can't control, even if she got it. Because yeah, the assumption here that Mark's playing on is if he could just get her to see, then her behavior would change. And that is a complete fallacy. Right. Uh, we don't she, know that even if there was a court order issued, a right. mom doesn't a mom mean she who, would follow it. Her mom who flees for a year and is disallowing dad time with the kids either has a really good reason or she's the kind of mom who doesn't see the value of a dad. And that doesn't necessarily change because the court says so. No, She may feel like she can ignore the court order because maybe she's confident Mark doesn't have the money to go back to court to call her out on it, to make See her that accountable to the order. Right. So Mark, I think we need to say, be careful. We know that there's probably no words you can say to her to make no. her see the importance, but the court order isn't necessarily going to fix it either. If she doesn't value the court order or doesn't believe that you'll enforce the court order. Well, let's um, break that down a little bit because okay. yes, 
his words, uh, he has no control over what she thinks, feels, or does. So right. him trying to do that actually compromises the children's well-being. So I would suggest he stop trying to convince her. Don't use your voice. The court's voice is stronger than yours, Mark. You're okay. down that road. Try that. Use it. It's stronger than yours. But as Diane, you're pointing out, it doesn't mean she'll listen to it, but it's the best route he's got so far. She's not listening to him now. Yeah. And she, probably this is where the advice of your attorney is so very important. Your attorney may advise you, and I would tend to agree with an advice like this, that once the court order is in place and she fails to follow it, you should probably pretty quickly let the court know. Go back to yes, so that you send the message. No, <laughs> you don't get to do this. But again, we don't know what the extenuating circumstances are of this case. So that's where an attorney can be very helpful to you. That leads me to then thinking about let's say she is a very difficult parent and is going to do her best to keep the kids from him, but the court does allow him some time. I'm going to be a little bit concerned about how he interacts with the children. Yes. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. Say more. Well, the children, it's not their fault. This is happening, but I've been in these kinds of cases where the parent is so angry, especially if they're older children, let's say the children are 12, 13, 14, 15, even he might be tempted to be upset with them. Why aren't you calling me? I called you the other day. Why aren't you calling me? Or it might be very easy to try to tell them the truth. The reason I haven't seen you in years is because your mom did such and so, or your mom's not following the court order. I deserve yeah. to see you. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. All of that makes sense why you feel that way. And, yes. and Mark, we're just giving you some proactive advice. Be yes. very, very careful that you're able to say to your children that you just love them. You're sorry you haven't been able to see them. You don't have to take any blame for that, but you also don't have to blame mom. This must have been really hard for you. Yes. And just know that we'll be okay. That phrase that no matter what happens, you and I are okay. You may even be able to say something like, I know it's maybe really hard at your mom's for her to let you contact me or communicate with me because maybe that threatens her or whatever. But I just want you to know, I understand that. And I'm not blaming you for that. you. There's only uh, one. Yeah, yeah. There's only one message the children need to hear from him. I don't care how long it's been. The only thing they need to hear from him is, "I love you." Mm-hmm. That it, whatever he has to say, I don't. No matter how he has to mm-hmm. say it, that's mm-hmm. the message they need to hear. Nothing else about mom. Nothing else yeah. about the past. Because if else. you start to try too hard to then get them on your side, no, because it's been so long, it could blow up in your face because they've had a year of mom telling them whatever she's telling them or believing whatever she's telling them, or who knows? I mean, it could go in many different directions, but I think it's really important that when you do have finally have some quartered time with them, that you just hug them, hold on to them, tell them it's so great to see you. And I'm hoping we get to have more of this, but just know that no matter what, I'm always thinking about you. I'm here for you, but if it doesn't ever feel comfortable to call me when you're a mom's, I get it. Yeah. And that will feel like understanding to the children. That will feel like, okay, dad gets it. What you don't want. And I've heard this from several children in my practice. I always, it breaks my heart when they say, nobody has any idea what it feels like to be me. Mm. 
And that breaks my heart when I hear that, because that means that even my parents don't get what this does to me. Yeah. And when one parent can say, I think I get it. I think I understand that it might be hard when you're at your mom's or dad's and you want to call me, but you hesitate because you don't want to upset the parent you're with. I just want you to know, I don't blame you for that feeling because it's real. Yes. That is the best bond you can ever have because then they're walking away from that going, okay, at least one of my parents gets it. Mm -hmm. At least I know that if I don't call dad, he's not mad at me. Yeah. He knows mom's difficult. Yes, of course she is. That's why we left her. And that will be like gold to them. Yeah. Because it's so valuable that one parent isn't, both of my parents aren't working really hard to pull at me and say, come to my side, come to my side. One parent's willing to let go for the child's peace. Yes. And I have a great deal of respect for parents who are able to do that. For the parent who's able to say, hey, are these phone calls every night hard for you? Because it seems like when you get on the phone, you don't say much. If they're hard because your mom is standing there, your dad is hovering over you, or just because you happen to be there, it really is okay with me if we don't do these. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you what that will do for your child. We hope the child says, oh, no, 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 I want it. But there are going to be children that will say, yeah, please, that would really let me off the hook. Yes. <laughs> My life would go so much better, please. Yes. And as hard as things like that are for that parent who doesn't get a fair amount of time with their children, as hard as that is, that's the sacrificial parent that really will end up bonding with that child in a way that you can't break. Well, and that child will grow up healthier than had yeah. you did the different response. Now, Mark, uh, a couple of things here. I hope you see when we say, let it go. We're not at all suggesting stop trying to fight to see your kids. We're not saying that we are telling you to be very smart and strategic about the fight. And that number one strategy is stop fighting with mom. Mm -hmm. Let the court do that. And second, I hope you notice I mean, I get the sense from your email that you wanted us to explain to mom why or moms out there in the world, why they need to make sure that the children see their dad. And I hope you notice we didn't do that because we can't change them either. No. The only thing we can do is give you the tools to be the best possible parent you could be to your child so that your child can survive that other parent. And I think we even think it's obvious to parents that both parents matter. Yes. But I do want to say, sometimes it's not obvious to parents such as Mark's co-parent. Yep. Sometimes if she didn't grow up with a good bond with her own father, or if she was abandoned by her father, she really doesn't see the value of fatherhood. No, and she'll never. And I'm not saying that's her case, but I have seen those cases where I'm taken back by a parent that's like, they don't need him or they don't need her. How can you say that? And then when you dig deep into their own past, you find that wound where they were abandoned or they didn't have a relationship with that important parent in their life. Or it was a destructive relationship. Right. They they are avoiding that or maybe afraid to give that to their child. Who knows? There's all, that's a therapeutic issue, obviously. But I did want to say that it's, we, we think it's obvious 
but there may be parents out there where it's not obvious, but it is very important that kids know both of their parents, warts and all. Yeah. We're all imperfect beings and a little bit broken, but kids can handle that. What they can't handle is wondering why you're not there. Yes. But then don't fall into the trap of explaining to them when you do see them why, <laughs> why it's you your mom's there. fault. Yeah. Exactly. Don't do All right. that. Well, thank you, Mark, for your question. I think it's a relevant one and one that we get from a lot of dads. And again, to the non-impossibles out there, please access our Facebook page and let's discuss. If you're a dad who's struggling with an issue like this, or you've got a lot of anger about how the courts have treated you, I'm open to discussion. And so the way to do that is to get on our non-impossibles Facebook page, go to facebook.com slash CP dilemmas. All right, Rick, well, we will talk next week. Yes, let's do that. All right. right. Bye, everybody. Bye. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts. And give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family.